Unfortunately, fucking shit's gotten crazy here in Ketchikan. It's me and Adam are uh, at our respective homes recording this today's episode, which will go up soon as, as soon as we're done here. Actually, there, bro. So, um, yeah. Um, what are we at? Sixty-seven cases here in town now. Yeah. Jeez. Yeah. Sucks. Hurt, yeah, and we never even got this high in April, no, <laughs> March, and April. Like, the town went into lockdown. It seemed like at night, people, like, everyone started, like, and rightly so, freaking the fuck out, you know? Yeah. And, um, and unfortunately, there's people that came into town after getting back from a hot spot and went to a place where there was a bunch of other people, not masked up, not socially distant, and, uh, boom, we were at 67 people. I think we've jumped... Geez, we were at 20-something a week and a half ago, right, if that? Yeah. 12, 12 or 13, I mean, yeah. so. So crazy right now to see all this happening. Yeah, yeah, and, uh, you know, it's affecting everybody's work somehow. I mean, not luckily me and Adam get to continue to work, which we're appreciative, but this week um, – where I work got, got a hunker down order. So I am off this week. So, uh, the next few, each of our episodes will be, uh, me and my brother, <laughs> which I'm excited for. I just wish we could do this in person. Cause it's always a lot of fun. Hello. Can you hear me okay? Hey, man. That's one of the shitty things when we can't record in the same space is uh, we have internet issues. At least I do because uh, it's an older setup here. <laughs> you know? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't sure what happened there. No, it's all on mine. I had a notification telling me I was done recording. I was in the middle of a conversation. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Hey, fuck you, Bruce. Get the fuck back on here. <laughs> so all I was saying was this week, me and Adam are going to fucking sync up a lot more. And uh, we got some pretty cool ideas and movies for his, which I'm excited about. Um, I'd like to... uh, I I missed out on a good episode yesterday, (laughs) you know? Yeah, yesterday I really enjoyed that one. That was Strangeland from 1998, starring Dee Snyder and Linda Cardellini, which I still can't believe that was her on the cover. Yeah, so... um, if you don't mind, if we just give it a quick rundown on here, just tell me what your thoughts were on that. Well, on my podcast, you know, I kind of gave a brief synopsis, and then, you know, it basically centers around uh, Linda Cardellini, who plays a 15-year-old high school girl. Yep. Who meets Captain Howdy on, on the internet in a chat room. Yep. Now, this kind of dates the movie right there. 
because yep. uh, <laughs> it, it, 1998, but, the chat rooms were huge. I mean, yeah. this was, this was <laughs> open communication across the world. Yeah, and uh, for a little perspective, I remember hearing about chat rooms through Ira and you. Yeah. And and I didn't get my first email address until Carl Gobb created one for me in 1998, and that was at Hotmail. So if uh, anybody wants to send me a random email, man, just BruceBooth at Hotmail.com. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, I, I started watching. I wasn't – so me and Adam were like, oh, hey, man, this is a movie that we thoroughly enjoy. Adam had a great idea for it. None of us had it. <laughs> um, the, the 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 hard drive we did have it on. Adam, uh, we sent to Adam's niece a couple of Christmases ago, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and then I was like, "Oh, bro, I got it." And then uh, I got home, went to watch it, and it said "Strangely in 2015," and I went, "Hmm." <laughs> Not like the same movie. <laughs> yeah, the same like Adam know, and um, me and Adam are are routinely we uh what we figured out was once we stay on the days we pick a day and release a podcast, it's for the better of our podcast that we're consistent on that day, and I just wasn't prepared at that time, and I apologize. So um, I'm looking forward to the next one. Um. I'd like to tell everybody it's brain scan from what April 1994, I think. Um, I mean, yeah, yeah. I am. I'm going to be watching that. So either tomorrow or Tuesday, we are going to be recording our thoughts on that on Adam's podcast, which is going to be a lot of fun. Yeah. So if you want to give it a listen, that's horror after hours. Yes. And I, on that uh, same episode, I've also given out a open invitation if you're interested in hitting me up. Yes. Get hold of me through text, give me a call, or you can hit me up on Twitter, which is yeah. at Big Baloo nineteen or at Big Baloo seventy seven. Yes. Take him up on it. Adam's Adam's a great host, man. You're gonna have a lot of fun. I I know I always have a lot of fun because um I've always considered myself a horror a horror fanatic, and then I'm like, mm, I like horror, <laughs> you know. <laughs> then I come I come on your podcast, and I learn different things on uh, older horror movies that me and you have watched and enjoyed over the years, or you, you you give me a movie to watch that I've just never seen before, and I end up enjoying it, and uh, and I get to talk about that enjoyment on your podcast. It's a lot of fun. Yeah, and that's basically what my podcast is for, is to shed light on some of the hidden gems or, you know, some of the forgotten films of the years. And I just like to, you know, bring them back to light, really. Yeah. And what I like about that, too, is um, is not only do you do that, you still look for fucking hidden gems in today's horror movies. And then uh, and then uh, you're you're the only person I know that uh, watches uh, the Universal monster movies, you know? Yeah, well, thankfully my kids are also big fans of those movies. Nice. They love the Wolfman. They love the creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah. The creature is another one that I would like to cover on my podcast. The creature from the Black Lagoon? Yep. And, you know, the different variations of such creature. We could, uh, if you don't mind, I'd like to be a part of that podcast. Hell yeah, man. <laughs> 
That sounds like a lot of fun. That's another one we could do this week. So we'll do brain scan. Well, I don't know if you want to do that one this week, but in the future, brain scan, the creature from the Black Lagoon. Um, and to be honest, I don't know that I've watched the creature since we were kids since in the 80s. Um, be a great time to fine. revisit these movies because there were three uh, black and whites. Okay. And then there was a, the Gilman and the Monster Squad. There was the movie called The Shape of Water. Yep. Uh, I think there was actually one more that I can't think of off the top of my head. Yeah. But yeah, it's, there's there's some really cool stuff out there, man. Yeah, and it's just uh, like Adam said, he likes to shed a light on this because feeling some kind of way about it. I, like I said, I, I knew I knew, I knew, especially after the Monster Squad, like me and Adam were like, yeah, we are the Monster Squad. Um, <laughs> we uh, really we were. <laughs> yeah, we were watching the old school horror movies. Uh, we were checking out the library books <laughs> at Malakatla. Um, there were these uh, universal horror or monsters, right? Universal monsters is what they're called. Yeah. Um, there were those books to be checked out. There was the mummy, there was Frankenstein, there was Dracula, which <laughs> I wish, I wish that was still available to go back and look at because I swear for our elementary years, it just went Adam Hudson, Bruce Booth, Adam Hudson, Bruce Booth. <laughs> and the crazy thing about that people is uh, when Adam was checking it out, he was bringing it to stay the night at my place. And when I was checking it out, I was bringing it to stay the night at his place. <laughs> And I was always checking out another one, which was usually the Wolfman, yes. Godzilla, or Mad Scientist. I like that Godzilla one a lot, man. There was a King Kong one too, right? Yes. And my favorite one was actually the Wolfman. Okay. Okay. I have and a question. I actually had oh, Henry Hull on the cover who played uh, Werewolf of London. Oh, shit. And I think he told me. Right before the Wolfman. Mm. So... So I got a question for you then about this, uh, since I got you on my podcast, what, uh, out of those, out of those old school black and white ones, which is your go-to? Is it the Wolfman? Yeah, definitely the Wolfman and the creature from the Black Lagoon. I still enjoy watching the 1932 version of Dracula. Okay. Bella Lugosi, right? Yep. And... If you don't mind reading subtitles, there was one that was actually a literal higher tech and that was actually filmed alongside the original Dracula. That was the Spanish version. Wow. Now, uh, what do you, what kind of background could you give on these older movies? Like how did they, how, how did they shoot it? How did they create the, the, the effects and whatnot? Was it just all, uh, cause there wasn't a lot of special effects back then, which is why the King Kong movie is kind of, sitting high with a lot of today's people, right? Yep, and that was all done with stop-motion animation. Yeah. So that was Ray Harryhausen, who is the godfather of stop-motion animation. Okay, okay. He has done some great things over the over his time before he passed, and, you know, he's a legend in the business because of his effects. Now, no. when it came to the... Uh, original classic monsters like say Dracula, Wolfman, Frankenstein, the mummy, even the invisible man that was all makeup that was done by Jack Pierce. So it was just one person, I mean like one big name back then, essentially. He was he was the lead guy and he did a okay. majority of the work, but he did have assistance. 
Oh, he did. Okay, okay. He was just the name. I mean, once he did what he did, everyone's like, okay, we need this guy then, right? Yeah, exactly. He was I actually see. under contract through Universal to do all of this stuff, and a lot of these designs were his own, which has just phenomenal. It's uh, that's amazing because you look at them now, and those are like classic designs on how people think each monster should look, you know? And he set the bar when it came to making these creatures. Wow. Okay, I didn't know that. See, that's fucking why I love you, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, this is what this is what I like to uh, like to do. Excuse my language. (laughs) Yeah, (laughs) it's all good, brother, brother. Um. So with uh with that going forward, uh, let's stick with the King Kong because you said that one was shot how again? Stop motion animation. Okay. Now, if anybody out there doesn't know about that, that that's pretty time consuming, <laughs> right? Oh man, is it ever? Because yeah, they take a creature and they take a still photo, and then they move it a millimeter, and they take another still photo. And move it another millimeter, and they try to keep everything in in focus. They try to keep everything uh, okay. What is the range of movement for this part? How are we going to make this look? And it is that had to take months just to shoot one scene. Gee, you're not even wow. That's a great point, man. That's uh, for um for everybody out there to to kind of jump forward really quick. That is how for. A very long time, the Simpsons did their shit. And uh, South Park kind of made fun of that in their early seasons when they wanted to, they had the kids like, yeah, we're going to do stop motion. And what Adam just said, they ended up complaining about on that episode, like, well, we got fucking 10 seconds. (laughs) Um, So your buddy Will does animation. Yeah. Yeah. And he totally understands how this works. Yeah, and it's computerized now, so it's it's just uh, like appreciate the stuff we got, and then go back and appreciate what what set the ground for all this. Um, I kind of like this direction. If we could stay on this, um, and we'll stick with King Kong. So that was nineteen thirty three. You said or thirty four? Nineteen thirty three, I believe. So in nineteen seventy eight. There was another King Kong movie made. This one also, it still followed the stop motion animation. Was there animatronic? There was some, but a lot of the action scenes were done with the uh, stop motion animation. Okay. When it looks like the creature is pausing for you know a split second, that is stop motion animation. Okay. Did uh, did you enjoy this movie? I actually did. I really enjoyed the 76 version. Okay. Um, well, there's a good I'm... seal of approval, stamp of approval from Adam. Um, yeah. And that then... was starring uh, Faye Dunaway and uh, Jeff... Darn, who else? Jeff, Jeff Bridges, you're right. Jeff Bridges. Um, sticking with King Kong, what did you think of the 2005 digitized uh, King Kong movie? Uh... I think kind of in... Naomi Watts, I probably wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. Is was it now this is saying a lot because I didn't even watch it and I think we after you watched it, you're just like, ah, 
it was just a watch, you know? Yeah, and it's worth watching once, maybe twice, but... That's about yeah, it. Jack Black is a great actor. I love Jack Black. Yeah, I yeah. Once, but this this movie it just really falls short for me. Was it... Uh... Now, this is where today's... And this is... We're talking 15 years ago. Now, is this where today's technology just kind of ruined some special parts and then it was just like, okay, I'm not feeling this. Yeah, exactly. And a lot of that today is everything is so computerized that, you know, nothing looks real anymore. And you can see that the actor's looking at an X on the screen. <laughs> yeah. Rather than the actual creature like they used to do back in the day. Like King Kong back in the day was this gigantic, almost a statue, but he was able to, they had to be able to move him. He wasn't just this X on the screen. He was actually, you yeah. were looking directly at the at the thing. Yeah. Um, then then let's uh, let's let's kind of bounce back to 1984. Um, King Kong lives. It, <laughs> oh no! I was going to go with this. Um, actually, we would have to Stan Winston cut his teeth on uh, John Carpenter movies, right? Yes. So. Um, I so one of the newer movies that I've watched um, was the quote unquote uh, prequel of the thing, which uh, I'm with you, Adam. It was like, okay, I watched it. I don't need to watch it again. All it did yeah. was all it did was make me like, I gotta watch the the thing. I gotta watch that 1981 movie. <laughs> you know, exactly. Or, or was it 82? It was 82. But oh, okay, okay. But uh, I watched the thing, and I was just like, it didn't have. I don't know, man. It was. I'm gonna. I'm gonna use something that you were talking about with that 2005 King Kong. It was just like, okay. I mean, the effects were the effects, and it was just like, man, this because this the, the, the prequel of the thing. The thing was just. Um, it was just missing something, you know. Well, first it of was, all, it didn't have the the score done by you know, John Carpenter himself, who had an yeah. absolute passion for the movie. That's true. Everything just felt really mechanical and it was You could see it on screen. No, yeah, and it, it showed. It uh it didn't have the same passion for it. It was just a movie to be made to be just to be made. Yeah. Yep. Um I'm with you on that. Um, let's get back to that 1981. Was that a remake of a 50s movie? That was the original, I believe it was 1956. That was The Thing from Another World. Yeah, I was about to say there was a, not, almost a different title, but not. They just, he cut it down, right? <laughs> yeah. And he, at the time, had modernized it. Oh. And I think there were some people who were upset with the way he did it. Yeah. But, uh, at the same time, this was the special effects were done by this genius special effects artist named Rob Bottin, who okay. also did the special effects for The Fog. So Carpenter already had a feel for what he could do. Did he use Rob Stan Winston? Was an absolute genius. Uh, I don't remember if Winston was a part of the thing. Okay. Well, I, I like to touch base on the, on that thing anyway, so I'm glad I brought it up. I, all, like I said, all that made me want to do 
was I'm going to rewatch the thing probably this week, you know? <laughs> um, yeah. And, you know, if, you know, me talking about these, these classics, you know, inspires other people to watch these, these movies again, you know, that's what yeah. it's all about. Yeah. Um, I'd like to, uh, to, to touch on Stan Winston. Um, he was a big reason that the Terminator movie was so successful, right? Correct. Um, everybody, if you're listening to this, you've had to have watched the, the Terminator, but like, obviously the great Stan Winston, I, I, I don't want to say it's his greatest, but it is my favorite moment of his is when Arnold's uh, going over his shot up forearm and face and you, uh, you see the Terminator and I, the first time I saw that, Adam, I was scared. I, I scooted up closer next to my dad. My brother wasn't scared, but I was enjoying this, <laughs> you know? Yeah, I remember really zeroing in on uh, watching this one at this point because you're talking about the part where he actually cuts up his, what should be his eyeball, right? Oof, yeah, and it's just didn't. He, he 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 dabs up the blood and then they, they they pull the camera back and then you see his eye and he's checking it and when you're a kid you're like holy shit this, this guy's a fucking robot you know <laughs> exactly <laughs> it's like wow he really is <laughs> and, and those, uh, are, those are practical effects those are not CGI practical effects stand out so much better yes I'm um, talking in in every aspect. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, you you look at Stan Winston before he passed was just a genius in that stuff. Um, I also believe uh, Stan Winston had to had to help Steven Spielberg with um, Jurassic Park in '93. Correct? I believe he did. Yeah. No, those were kind of animatronics, right? They had a mix of animatronic and CGI. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Okay, so it's both. It's both. Um, but it's just all this stuff is just really cool. It's really interesting to me. Um, then you go to Terminator 2 Judgment Day, and that's just like, Jesus Christ, holy cows, <laughs> you know? Um, that movie exploded, man. Yeah, yeah. It, uh, and another... That represents some of uh, Winston's best work. Yeah. That's another movie that me and you, uh, when when me and Adam like to talk these great either horror movies or whatever they are, um, we we call them great because everything about it is great. The Terminator and then Terminator Two Judgment Day were both scored perfectly, <laughs> you know. Yes, they were, and like we talked about, I think in both of our podcasts previously, is that the score has so much to do with setting the atmosphere, setting the tone for the movie. Yes. Yes, and if it if it doesn't match up like it did not on uh, Last House on the Left, yeah, you got a movie that's probably gonna flop. Yeah, or it's just not gonna rate a ten on our scale or ten chainsaws. <laughs> yeah, uh, my my uh, scale has been five chainsaws out of five for top quality. Okay, well let, let's go with yours. <laughs> I actually like yours better, bro. Let's let's do five chainsaws. <laughs> Um, we're not going to give you five chainsaws if the score don't the score don't hold up to what we're trying to enjoy, right? Because exactly, um, I like to go back to me and you three years ago 
we went to at the time we didn't know it was it chapter one we just knew it was it and then um but that was scored amazingly man and it just added to the movie and it was just like when me and adam left it's like holy fuck man this as like adam this is that was fucking amazing <laughs> you know and i was totally with you yeah and um so so you had a good score man it, it's uh you're gonna get five chainsaws from us, man. <laughs> <laughs> well, a, a good score is really important because, you know, like I said, it sets the tone of the movie and it sets the atmosphere for the scene. Yes. And if you don't have that, you don't have the intensity, and you're not gonna have the passion for the film. No, no, that's true, man. I mean, even if it's just an okay score, uh, I mean, me and Adam are gonna fucking let you slide here and there. But if it's consistent with the bad score, then it just uh, it'll take us out of the movie, right? Exactly. Now, yeah. movies like Halloween. Yep, the score on that one. Perfect. That is like the pinnacle. <laughs> that's um, that's a perfect movie. That's a perfect score. Everything about that. The, the beat to the scores it's just um i can't say enough awesome things about that movie <laughs> yeah that movie is just absolutely phenomenal now another one that was done by carpenter was the fog that was his following movie <laughs> this came after halloween so 1980 no this was 1979 oh the following year yeah it really was Boy, he, now, he's seen I was watching a couple of documentaries with John Carpenter, and he even talked about the score. Okay. He said, we, we watched the footage, and we put the movie together, but we did it without the score, and the movie did not work. Wow. Everything that we had did not work. Wow. So we had to go back and reshoot a couple of scenes, and then we added the score, and now we had this movie that just exploded. So. Yes. That kind of tells you a lot about how how pertinent a a good score should be for a movie. Yes, um, it is too because believe me, it it'll add to a trauma scene. You know, no shit, man. It will, and also a movie like Strangeland. You now they had a lot of different bands playing in this movie. Yep, but there was also a lot of D. Snyder singing. Which was really really cool. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I'm gonna I'm gonna watch that probably when we get off the phone. I'm gonna watch that and then I'm gonna watch uh, gonna watch Brain Scan. So hopefully Tuesday, I mean you could record if not tomorrow on that one for yours, and then get a couple more in the can for you before you have to go back out to work. Unfortunately, you know. Yeah, <laughs> I'm not looking forward to that again. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, and then um. Yeah, so, um, like I said, it's just, uh, you know, my job was told to hunker down, so this week I am off. Uh, I'm going to do some cleaning up around here. I got a storage unit, create more space, and uh, see where I'm at with my with my place. <laughs> and then, um, and then um, make some make some time to watch these movies and jump on your podcast and record a couple to get them in the can for you. And then... Uh, We'll do the same with mine this week, too. We'll just figure out. So Usually, I might meet Adam just like to chop it up. I don't like to get too specific unless we're doing a movie like Scream or uh, or when Adam has a good idea for mine, which um, 
Adam did have a great idea for this episode. It just kind of uh, it kind of went in a direction that I liked, and I just wanted you to, to the way you were talking and leading this podcast. I just wanted to fall in line and uh, hear what you had to say about these different special effects and everything that you know about them. So here we are. Um, probably uh, Adam had a great idea on the Monster Squad and talking to Monster Squad on mine. Adam. Adam got us the documentary The Wolfman's Got Nards and I was able to watch it and wow. That was a something great, else. Great documentary. Yes, sir. And so. like I was telling you before, you know, you know, I was telling you off the record that I had no idea that when this movie came out that it was a flop. Yeah. That when you and I first saw it, this was the greatest freaking movie I'd ever seen. Yeah, this one. Yeah. It was, it was everything me and you thought it could be. Exactly. And then some. For any horror fan out there, anybody who loves the classic monsters. Yeah. And, uh, and it's just like you watch this documentary and it was like, it's a cult. It's a legit, this is a legit cult classic because <laughs> apparently me and Adam were just one of the very few that thought this was the greatest movie ever. (laughs) (laughs) This movie came out in 1987. So at this point, me and Adam knew about this because of Fangoria. Me and Adam were waiting for the Lost Boys, and that was everything we wanted. And then then this movie was coming out, which, like I said, we knew because me and Adam had Fangoria. (laughs) So we're like, and we were big subscribers for Fangoria. Yeah, we were like, oh my god, we're we're getting the Lost Boys and we're getting the Monster Squad, and then uh, it never came here, but we rented it and we were like, I can't believe we had to wait this long to watch this great movie. <laughs> <laughs> and we rented it, and we rented it, and we rented it, <laughs> not realizing that we were part of the cult following. Yeah. Which is fucking awesome to me, man. It is. I feel like that's our movie, you know? And uh, you watch this documentary, and that's how those people felt about it. It was like, no, this is our movie, <laughs> you know? Yeah, exactly. And when it came out, I thought, man, this movie must have really exploded all over Hollywood. <laughs> now, in the documentary, they talk that they. The uh, director rented the limo, brought everybody out to the theater, and they said there were seven people in the theater. So they started going to other theaters. <laughs> yeah. And there were <laughs> ten people in one theater. <laughs> and, and that was a high number. Yeah, and it just, uh, they considered it a flop, but when it came out on VHS, it, uh, it people like me and Adam, we were renting it a lot, man. It might not have been every weekend, but it would have been a couple times a month. And then this movie went to HBO. Now, back then, HBO got a movie. They would beat the fuck out of it and show it all the time. So if me and Adam were sick. Exactly for us. Yeah. We, rent, we were able to record the hell out of that every time it came on. Yeah. <laughs> so we could watch it anytime we wanted. And even even though, people, even though me and Adam recorded this movie, we would still watch it every time it came on. <laughs> I remember you telling me back then that you wanted that Stephen King rules t-shirt. Yeah. I was like, who, who is Stephen King? <laughs> <laughs> We're so young and I, just like, holy shit, <laughs> you know? 
we uh, at that time I didn't I honestly didn't know who Stephen King was. Yeah, it was uh that's one of those times when uh, me and Adam started discovering this stuff like I was like, Oh man, he writes these horror movies and uh my brother Milo said he wrote a movie called Carrie and you're like, I watched that movie. You gotta watch that movie, Bruce. So Adam <laughs> stayed the night or I stayed the night and he he rented Carrie and I watched Carrie with Adam and it was my first time and I was just like wow you know and the other one was Christine yes that I I watched that movie um that's in the rotation each October for me Adam I love that movie (laughs) you can't go wrong yeah yeah that's uh now every October I gotta watch Salem's Lot Okay. I got to watch it. Which one? The original. Oh, 30 years ago then. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then Silver Bullet. Okay. Which I just recently acquired on Blu-ray. Which awesome. Man. That movie on Blu-ray looks so good. <laughs> well, I mean, I've always been a huge fan of werewolf movies and Silver Bullet was perfect. <sighs> I got an idea. So when it's okay for me to come over and hang out again, and you're in town, dinner and a movie. Let's watch that. Um, me, you, and Heidi will watch it and then uh, record our thoughts on it because I don't think I've got to watch the Blu-ray yet. Oh, that's right. Yes, let's do that. Um, yeah, and uh, just for everybody out there, uh, I'll go back to 1998. Um, I had heard about this movie called Strangeland that D. Snyder made, and I don't remember where I heard about it. I just know I heard about it somewhere, and then it was at Mini Mart, and I rented it and watched it, and I was kind of disturbed by it, to be perfectly honest with you. And I called up Adam. We were both still living at home at the time, and I said, Adam, I just watched this movie called Strangeland. You're like, Strangeland? What? Who's in it? And I was like, D. Snyder, and you laughed. You're like, are you fucking serious? The we're not going to take it guy? I said, yeah. <laughs> and I said, uh, the guy for Twisted Sister? yeah, yeah, because Adam likes Twisted Sister. And then <laughs> he said, when did you rent it? I said, I just rented it today. And you said, can I borrow it and I'll return it before six tomorrow? Back in the day, people, if you didn't return the movie before six, you got charged a late fee. You got charged either two fifty or three dollars. <laughs> and uh, anyway, I was good for it. Yeah, and, and uh, Adam was like, I'll return it before 6, but could you bring it up to me? I had a car, and I was like, yeah, I'll, I'll be right up. And I went and knocked on the door, and I, I would knock and walk in at this point. Um, I walked in, and uh, your parents were there, and I said, oh, hey, I'm just here to drop off a, a, a horror movie to Adam. And your mom laughed, and she said, you boys may be 21, but you're still kids, aren't you? <laughs> <laughs> and then your dad smiled and said, oh, I just love Adam. And I said, actually, yeah, I do love Adam. <laughs> and uh, we, we still love horror movies. And then you came out and you're like, oh, shit, bro. Hey, I'm going to watch it right now and I'll make sure to return it tomorrow. And then um, what ended up happening was that next day, Adam called me up and was like, holy shit, man, let's talk about this movie. What we're doing right now, we just did on a landline. And then we hung out and we cruised around the block and we we talked on how this movie was really shocking to us and surprised us in, in, in an awesome way, mind you. Now, when this movie came out, this the things that they do in this movie were not not what you see 
uh, at that time, you didn't see this kind of thing every day. Like nope. the extreme piercings, the extreme tattoos, the the amount of sadomasochism, the um, scarification, and all these other crazy things that were going on in this movie. Yes. This was something that was very new. Uh, it was very extreme for its time. And I remember telling you that, Adam. I remember telling you that it, it shocked me with how extreme it was. And you were, you kind of looked at me like with a puzzled look like, you think this is extreme? And then you watched it and you're like, <laughs> holy fuck, man. Yes. It was pretty extreme. Yeah. <laughs> and, 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 and a funny, and I, like Adam said, what's, what dates this movie now? But at the time, I remember thinking like, wait, what? Like they were doing on, there was chatting rooms. Um, one of the girls didn't know the lingo and, and was like, why did you put I'm on there? And the girl laughed and said, it's not I'm, it's I am. And she's like, what? Instant message. Instant <laughs> message. <laughs> and then. The, no, this was a long time before cell phones really got popular. Yeah. And then, and then the girl said something that kind of stuck with me. I, like I said, I only had. I got to watch like the first five minutes and then some shit came up and then I just didn't have time yesterday, unfortunately. But one of the girls was like, you know, in the not too distant future, you're going to meet and have sexual online relations with somebody before you even meet them. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Which, uh, hey, man, <laughs> you know. <laughs> and now look at where technology has taken us. Yeah, it was it was. Like you said, it dated itself, but it was like really fucking cool to hear that because that's exactly what happened, you know? And there was actually a lot of things like that that were happening about that time that were people were being kidnapped because of, you know, meeting somebody on these chat rooms and then being kidnapped. Yep. Yep. And I remember hearing about that through the news. Yep. Yeah, I remember that, man. And, uh, and, uh, but so you, I think that where part of the story had actually come from was the real shit that was actually happening. Just kind of was like saw what was going down and kind of gave you a glimpse into how extreme it could get, right? Yeah. Okay. And this was kind of maybe a little glimpse into the mind of D. Snyder also. Yeah. Which, shockingly now, I think he's really popular for his Christmas music, man. <laughs> right? <laughs> Like isn't that's that pretty awesome? <laughs> I think that's how him and Mick Foley became like really good friends was their love for Christmas, and it's like, damn, D. Snyder of Twisted Sister was a kick-ass rock front lead man, made this fucking awesome horror movie, and is now known for his Christmas music. <laughs> <laughs> it's at awesome, the, man. At the time that this movie was released, I'm talking Strangeland, um, ninety-eight. I don't know that it was actually considered a horror movie yet what did, what, i think it was still considered a thriller what did you think it was when when i handed the tape to you and you watched it were you like thriller or were you just like it's something no when i first saw it i was like man this is horror that's what i thought when, too. And... when they advertised the movie when it first came out it was labeled a thriller yeah and i don't think it had the proper building that it deserved yeah should have been I mean, marked a horror movie, right? Yeah, and it obviously did not get the uh, amount of credit that it deserved. Yeah. Um, I talked a little bit about this in my in, podcast. Yep. I asked, okay, was this the beginning of torture porn? Well, I'm going to let you decide. Yeah. It was. Um, now, at this point, 
we had uh, Cannibal Holocaust, right? We had yeah, that. We had pretty extreme movies out there, and but these are seventies. We had Last House on the Left, but like Adam said, this is nineteen ninety eight. Man, this is for a whole new generation. It was just like these people thought that this was the first of its kind, which in some ways it definitely was. So you could consider it diffused to the torture porn that we would see, right? Yep, and yeah, I'm, torture porn to me was like hostile, so that kind of stuff there. Yeah. So, uh, one last thing on my end for um, Strangeland, D. Snyder's Strangeland, is he has a song on there uh, from Kid Rock and Eminem called "Fuck Off" that I like. <laughs> so I just want to add that. <laughs> You know, there was a song on there written by D. Snyder, and I forget what the band was, but it was fronted by D. Snyder. Is that the... Uh, it was Where Have All the Heroes Gone? Oh, is that playing at the beginning of the movie? That's actually playing during the credits. Beginning? Uh, no, at the end of the movie. I don't know if it's played at the beginning. Oh, okay. Okay. But it's definitely in the credits, and it's a fucking awesome song, man. Nice. But if you listen closely to the entire soundtrack of the movie, or yeah, if you listen uh, very closely to the movie itself, all the music playing in the background, you can actually hear D. Snyder singing. He's very distinct when he sings. I like his voice. He's got that voice that you just cannot mistake. Yeah. And his philosophies in this movie were just real. It was something else, man. I I recommend people watch it. Um, I enjoyed it. Um, If it's going to be your first time watching it, then I'm actually kind of jealous because this is one of those movies that just was like, tell me what you think after you watch it. And then you did, and it was just like, yes, it's extreme. And I was like, okay, cool. Adam said it's extreme, and it's not just me, you know? (laughs) Now, another thing that I said about this movie on my podcast was, if you haven't seen it, watch it. Yes. And if you already have, watch it again. Yes. Because um, you're going to see some different things that you might have missed in your first screening of it. Exactly. Now, this was a movie that scored perfect uh, five chances out of five on my podcast. Okay. Okay. Nice. So I highly recommend watching this one. This is why I had to put this movie on my podcast. Great choice, by the way, too. I uh, We had so much going on last month, I wish we could have squeezed it in. We just didn't have time, and then I ran out of time was... yesterday. <laughs> there were so many movies that I wanted to get done, and just I haven't been able to get them into my podcast yet, but they, they are coming. Yep. Nice. So, yep. like I said, you know, I want to do uh, Fright Night, for sure. Yeah, yeah. And I want to revisit the monster squad okay okay brain scan is definitely on the close horizon yes i will be watching that if not tonight then tomorrow morning possibly or whatever fits your schedule just let me know when you want to record on that um adam takes notes and has very detailed thoughts and writes it down and it's awesome it's just uh i can't do that and i just go off the top of my head (laughs) so or (laughs) See, I can't do that. Yeah. And the amount of information that you retain is <laughs> astonishing to me. So, uh, 
it, and it, it's a perfect blend. That's why you're always on my podcast. That's why what this podcast was originally intended to be today went in a different direction once you started um once you started waxing on what you did and I just was really enjoying hearing what you knew on these movies that I didn't know about. So that's what that's why we're here now, bro. <laughs> that's awesome. You know, there was another technique that I forgot to mention. Yeah. And they used it for the Wolfman, okay. which was Lon Chaney Jr. In his transformation scenes, they used what was called a lap dissolve. Wow. Now, they would record this up to a certain point. You know, he'd have to lay still, and he said sometimes for 18 hours. Fuck. And they would apply a little makeup, step back. The camera would have to never move during this entire process, but they would add a little bit of makeup. They would step back, record a couple of seconds, pause the, the recording, go back, add a little more makeup, and putting him into this makeup took 18 to 20, 22 hours. And this was just astonishing to me. Wow. That he was able to hold the same position. I don't know how the hell they fed the guy. Yeah. I was going to ask you that, but if you don't know, then damn. <laughs> but they were having him eat and drink through or having him drink through a straw at all this stuff. Uh, I imagine they had to put in a catheter because you can't move. I didn't want to ask. I'm glad you said that. <laughs> yeah. Well, the same thing went for the guy who played the gill man on the monster squad. Yep. yep. Once that suit was on, that, you were in it. That was you it. could not get out of it. it. It was six hours to apply eight hours to take off. Jesus, so once they put that on, they're shooting his scenes then, right? Yep, exactly. Okay. And he had maybe about a half a dime to see through. And when I say half a dime, he had, you take a dime and cut that in half. That's the amount of vision that he had through that that costume. That's That sounds very scary and very claustrophobic to me. <laughs> Yeah, and he talks about that in The Wolfman Got Nerd. Yep, yep, which is a great documentary, people. It's uh, available to rent or buy on Amazon Prime or Apple, however you get your stuff, so check it out. Also, the other documentary that they did for The Monster Squad was uh, The Monster Squad Forever. Also an awesome documentary because they really, I think, get even more in-depth on the creatures. Nice. How they were done and, you know... They even talk about how uh, Universal told them, you cannot use the originals. Yeah, which was crazy to hear. And then uh, that answered questions that me and Adam knew after we grew up and read different things. It was just, uh, it was amazing. And the guy who played Dracula, I really liked because the the girl that played Phoebe the Phoebe. Um, yep. <laughs> <laughs> he, um they were showing behind the scenes stuff when he was holding her up by her throat. And she said the first time that she saw the red eyes and the fangs, he kept his eyes and mouth closed until they said action. And then he opened up his eyes and fucking hissed. And that's a legit scream from her. (laughs) (laughs) And the first scream was cut so short that they had to do it again. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Uh, it's just a great documentary. Just a great documentary, man. And, you know, that's what I was saying about, like, uh, the movie Fright Night. Yep. 
that uh, you're so cool, Brewster. That that documentary, we really got to revisit that one, man. That was so cool. I'll watch that one too. Um, I'll watch that in the movie, and then we'll do your podcast on it. Yeah, that sounds great to me, man. Um, well, I'd like to thank Adam for coming on and saving my hide for today's episode. It'll go up <laughs> here in about ten minutes, brother, brother. Yeah, that sounds great, man. Really appreciate you having me on, man. And uh, we'll be in contact. We're out. Me and Adam are always in contact. Don't worry, people. <laughs> <laughs> thanks, brother. I'm always here, man. Thanks, man. Have a good one. Hey, thanks a lot, man. Talk Bye. To you.